Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The a little bit longer, and I'll be fine edition as the Bengals come up just short of a return trip to the Super Bowl, losing at Kansas City on a field goal with three seconds to go by the final score of 23-20. to 20. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, one-on-one locker room interviews, and analysis from my broadcast partner Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Facts segment, you'll get to know the person under the pads. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health, the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since Bengals Podcasters. There are a lot of people out there doing Bengals podcasts. Some have big audiences, others don't. But since hardly anybody makes money off of it, who cares? It's another way to share your passion for the team with fellow Bengals fans. And based on some of the podcasts I've sampled, there are a lot of really smart, funny, and dedicated fans out there. So... Keep those Who Day podcasts coming. You never know who's listening. Now, here are the radio calls from the fourth three-point game between the Bengals and Chiefs in the last 13 months. On a worldwide calendar, this is the year 2023 A.D. But for the Cincinnati Bengals and their fans, it is the year three JB. In Joe Burrow's three seasons, the Bengals have quickly become one of the NFL's best teams. And tonight, in Kansas City, they are one win away from a second straight trip to the Super Bowl. Burrow catches the shotgun snap from the pocket in trouble. Joe gets away from a hit, but now he gets Tomahawk down to the ground by Clark. His 13th career postseason sack, and the Bengals will have to punt it away. A loss of nine from 43 yards out. The snap, the placement, the swing of the right leg. The kick has plenty of distance, and it is good. And the Chiefs are on the scoreboard. Max Sharping, the right guard, gives a hand signal. That's how they're doing the silent snap count. Burrow gets drilled from behind. Joe had time, couldn't find an open target, and Willie Gay hammers Joe Burrow from behind back at the 34, a six-yard sack. This will be a 24-yard attempt for Harrison Butker. From the right hash on a sharp angle, his kick is up, and it is good. So the Chiefs have field goals on their first two possessions, and they've taken a 6-0 lead. Two deep safeties for the Chiefs. They fake a blitz up the middle. Burrow with time. Guns it over the middle. Caught at the 20-yard line. Running toward the 15 and getting tackled there is Tyler Boyd. He spikes the ball at the 15-yard line. Justin Reed made the stop. A 24-yard throw. This will be a 30-yard field goal attempt from the left hash for Evan McPherson, whose field goal in this direction sent the Bengals to the Super Bowl in overtime a year ago. Drew Chrisman ready for the snap from Adamitis. He places the ball down. The kick is on the way, and it is right down the middle for Evan McPherson, who has never missed a postseason field goal attempt. Mahomes in the gun. Three receivers right, one left. 
Mahomes rolling to the right. Looking, looking, throws into the end zone. Caught. Travis Kelsey boxed out Jesse Bates and caught the touchdown pass. This will be a 23-yard field goal try for McPherson from the left hash. The put down, the right-footed kick, it is good. And Money Mac is now 19 for 19 on postseason field goal attempts. Two deep safeties for KC. Shotgun snap to Joe. He throws it down the left sideline. Oh, a leaping catch baby. for a touchdown. Yeah. T. Higgins, <laughs> full grown man, leaps at the goal line and reels it in for a potential tying touchdown. A 27-yard thing of beauty on the throw from Joe Burrow. Mahomes waits for the shotgun snap. He catches the ball. He's looking left. Now scrambling. Throws it over the middle. Caught for the touchdown. Man. Valdez Scantling. One yard deep in the end zone between the hash marks. Made the catch. A 19-yard touchdown on third and 10. First and 10 at the Cincinnati 46. We're down to 103 to go in the third quarter. The Chiefs up by a touchdown. Mahomes had the ball pop out of his hand, and the Bengals fall on it. Sam Hubbard pounces on the ball as Patrick Mahomes cocked his arm, and the ball just fluttered out, and Sam Hubbard falls on it on the Kansas City 43-yard line. Who else? Who else? The local legend, Sam Hubbard. Burrow in the gun. On fourth and six, he catches the shotgun snap. He's back to throw. He flings it deep downfield. Chase makes the catch (laughs) at the six-yard line. He beat Brian Cook, leaping for the football at the six. And it's first and goal, a 35-yard gain on fourth and six. And he's double covered, and he jumps between both of them. I mean, it's fourth and six. They say, Chase, you're not getting the ball. We got you bracketed deep. And Joe Burrow says, nah, that's Jamar Chase. I'm putting it up. And Jamar Chase says, I'm out jumping everybody, and I'm going to go get the football. What a play. P. Ryan in it running back. Lines up to the right of Joe Burrow. T. Higgins motions from right to left. Joins Chase on that side. Burrow hands it off. P. Ryan fighting, yeah. struggling forward. Yeah. There's the signal. Touchdown. Bengals on a two-yard run by some Maje Pirine. Third down and three. The Bengals at their own 36. Shotgun snap back to Burrow. Joe standing in the pocket. Throws it deep for Higgins. Oh. Broken up and then intercepted. Picked off by Williams. He gets tackled by Higgins at the 14-yard line. Can't believe he caught that deflection. Third down and eight. The Bengals at their own 35. Shotgun snap back to Joe. It's a deep drop. Under pressure. Chris Jones nails him for a sack at the 27-yard line. 41 seconds left in regulation. Tied at 20. Drew Chrisman waits back at the 13 for the snap from Adamitis. Punt protector Michael Thomas directing traffic. The snap and the right-footed punt. Ugh. Not much hang time. Sky Moore backpedaling. Catches at the 20. His momentum takes him back to the 18. Ah. Runs to the 30. 35-40. Sideline 45. And knocked out of bounds near midfield. Stanley Morgan made the stop. Drew Crispin did not get that punt high enough into the air. Two receivers out to each side. Mahomes with a deep drop. Now moving in the pocket. Running to the right and running well. He's at the 50. He's trying to run for the first down. He goes out Uh, of bounds. And the Bengals push him after he was out of bounds. Multiple flags are going to tack 15 yards onto this play. 
Eight seconds left in regulation, and with that penalty, the Chiefs will be in field goal range. Man, you have to be more aware. This football team has got a lot of awareness, not on that play. Eight seconds left in regulation. Harrison Butker trying to give Kansas City the lead from 45 yards away. Townsend, the punter, is the holder. Looks back at Butker. Butker is ready. Now the snap, the placement, the kick is up, and it is Ah. good. Ah. Three seconds remaining, and the Kansas City Chiefs have a three-point lead, 23-20. to Boy, oh boy. That's, that's, That's just, that's devastating. Devastating. There's no... No other way to look at it. Kansas City is likely to try a bouncing squib-type kick in hopes of getting the final three seconds to run off the clock. Butker, who just made the go-ahead field goal from 45 yards away, has the ball up on the tee at the 35. He approaches it and bounces it down the middle of the field. The Bengals pick it up. They will run it back. At the 20, Irwin throws it backward, caught at the 16. Trent Taylor trying to stay alive. He is tackled. And the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. It will be Andy Reid's current team versus his former team as the Chiefs face the Philadelphia Eagles. It looked like the stage was set for another dramatic Bengals win over Kansas City. Cincinnati forced the Chiefs to punt and got the ball at their own six-yard line with 2.30 to go. And when Joe Burrow found Hayden Hurst for a 23-yard gain on 3rd and 16, the Bengals had a first down at their own 33 with about a minute remaining. But the drive stalled there, and a 29-yard punt return by Sky Moore gave the Chiefs the ball near midfield with 30 seconds to go. I asked Drew Chrisman about the punt. On your last punt, what are you hoping to do there in terms of direction, whatever? Uh, certainly, you would love that out of bounds. I mean, ideally, either hang it up high where they don't get a return at all or get it out of bounds. And fortunately, we got too many on that return for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, five yards further back, I don't know if that field go, goes in. So um, certainly, you'd love to get a better net on that last punt there. And um, so, yeah, there's there's certainly some, some to correct there. And two plays after that, with 17 seconds to go, Patrick Mahomes scrambled for five on third down and four and got hit after going out of bounds by Joseph Osai. The 15-yard penalty set up Harrison Butker's game-winning field goal. Now, time to take you inside the locker room. We start with Tyler Boyd. On the Bengals' first scoring drive, he had two catches for 40 yards, but shortly after that, Tyler suffered a thigh injury and did not return to the game. For me, it's, it's devastating because uh, I didn't get a chance to just ride out there and stay out there with my brothers. Unfortunately, you know, I had an injury uh, late in the second, first half. And uh, but I, I got faith in the guys that we have. You know, so yeah, I came in, did a, did, did a great job of filling the void, and we have a lot of confidence in him to go in and do that. You know, but just just managing to fall short, man, it's, it sucks. You know, it's tough. So. Um, at the end of the day, we know how we're built, and we know uh, our legacy, and I'm pretty sure, and I know that we'll be back here. You had a 16-yard catch on third and 14, and then immediately after that, a 24-yard catch. Did you feel like the, the way the Chiefs were playing, that there were going to be a lot of opportunities for you today? Absolutely. You know, they play a lot, uh, they, they play a lot of too high. 
So that means that if they're going to take out the boundary receiver, whether it's T or Chase at the time, then us front side, we got we to gotta produce. And I felt like uh, it was going to be a game for me because I was finding the right voice for Joe to uh, find me. And, uh, man, it just sucks because I couldn't finish. And I couldn't stay out there and route my guys. But like I said, man, uh, we, got, we got so much talent, so much guys that could come in and, and, fill, and, and fill the void, man. But it's just unfortunate. On the one hand, you're one game shorter than last year. On the other hand, you had a 10-game winning streak. Uh, a lot of positive things obviously happened this year. Did you feel like this was another building block type season? You know, I feel like uh, I still feel like we're the best team in football. You know, but it's hard to say that if we didn't win. You know, and it was one play away. You know, and then and, and that's the part where it come in where I, I feel kind of down. You know, because I, I didn't get the finish. You know, but I knew I had a serious injury. But uh, at the end of the day. Uh, we'll be back. We're 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 built ready for these moments, man. And all every year we fight the most adversity and we overcome it and we continue to strive. And we're gonna keep doing it, and next year it's gonna be even better. When the team had the ball with two and a half minutes to go in a tie game, did you figure we're headed to the Super Bowl? Absolutely, it wasn't even close. You know, Joe Burrow, every, I, the whole world felt that, and I, I believe that the whole world, everybody is watching. When we got the ball in the two minutes, that we was gonna win. You know, that's just how good we are, how good Joe is as a leader and leading us. But um, it's just, it just that one play, man, just, just sucks that we didn't capitalize when we should have. But we know what kind of team we have. We'll be back. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. Joe Burrow threw for 270 yards with one touchdown and two picks. He was sacked five times and hit 12. The O-line not only struggled to protect Joe, but couldn't get Joe Mixon going either. He finished with eight carries for 19 yards. Here's Mixon. Yeah, we, we thought we was going to come out with the dub. I mean, our guys got a big, big stop. We had an opportunity and just, you know, somebody on their defense made a play. And then they had a huge kick return and uh, obviously the end was it was crazy. But, you know, my, my guys, like I said, they fought their ass off for four quarters. And I'm just, you know, so proud of how we battled. We just got to do whatever we can to, um, like I said, bounce back any way possible. And that's pretty much what it is. Do you take some solace or good feeling out of knowing that the Cincinnati Bengals have clearly established themselves as one of the best teams in the NFL? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, our guys, you know, them guys, they fought hard and um, rightfully, I feel like we earned the right to, you know, hang our hats on we are the Cincinnati Bengals. And I feel like, you know, that was a great Chiefs team that we lost to and I hopefully, you know, they do whatever they can to win the Super Bowl. I mean, all my hats, my hats are tilted off to them. I mean, they deserve it. They earned it. And, um, you know, with my teammates, I just got to try to do whatever I can to keep their spirits alive and, um, you know, try to get over this hump. Chris Jones is a load. He uh, he was obviously very difficult to handle today. Yeah, for sure. He was. Um, I mean, he's one of the best D-tackles in this, this NFL league. He's a grown-ass man, and um, he proved that today, um, but at the same time, uh, like I said, our our team try to do whatever we can to stick together and keep our heads up high. Three years into the Joe and Joe era, 
with Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow, two AFC championship trips and a Super Bowl trip. How excited are you of what's still to come? All hopes is alive for, you know, to keep continuing to be a dynasty. And I feel like, you know, with the court, with the guys that we have in this here locker room, I mean, we're just going to do whatever we can to try to go ahead and keep repeating. That's pretty much about it. On the other side of the ball, it was a heroic performance by Patrick Mahomes. Playing with that high ankle sprain, he threw for 326 yards with two touchdowns, no picks, and a passer rating of 105.4. The Bengals were only able to sack him twice. Here's DJ Reader. What can you say about Patrick Mahomes? I mean, he looked normal. Yeah, man, hats off to him. He's a hell of a player. Kind of what I said, you know, throughout the week. He's going to be out there and play ball and get after it. He did a great job, man. Um, they all did a great job just coming out there fighting for a win. Put this into perspective for us. I know it's hard in the immediate aftermath of coming this close and coming up just a little bit short, but what emotions are going through your mind right now? A lot. Um, just ready, trying to comfort the guys, make them understand. I don't even know what to give you, to be honest, right now. I, I can't tell you that emotion. Um, you wouldn't understand unless you played it, unless you've been out there and you, you've been in those shoes. Like, you, you don't understand that emotion. You don't understand fighting that hard, blood, sweat, and tears all the time. And, you know, just just to come up short, somebody's got to do it. You know, it's not just us. There's another team who felt like us today, and that's what happens, man. There's 30 other teams who feel like us at home. It's part of this league, and, um, you know, you wish you did enough to get it done, and you got to go back out there. And next year, you got to go do your thing. They only scored 23. It's hard to say this after a loss, but did you feel good about how the defense played overall? Uh, you know, felt like we could have tightened up in some situations. But they made some plays. Um, I don't want to say we gave them anything, but they made some plays. And, you know, some plays we should have been on, we weren't. It happens. It's a football game, man. And they made a couple more plays than we did. I think they won the turnover margin, right? They won, but what they do win 2 1. 2 to 1. Yeah, so we got to do better on defense and get that done. But this is a good game, man. It's a hard-fought battle. You know, you want to come out on the winning side of it. But if you got to watch a conference championship, I can't say we didn't get the people a show. You know, just we got to do better. Back-to-back trips to the AFC Championship. It's a heck of a ride for Bengals fans. We appreciate it. Thank you. It is. We appreciate y'all. Thank you. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. The Bengals set a team record by winning 10 straight games and won playoff games in consecutive seasons for the first time in franchise history. It was a fantastic season for Zach Taylor's team. And Dave Lapham spent a few minutes with him after the game. I don't know where to begin. All I can say is uh, you have to be so proud of this football team because you talk about a physically and mentally tough group. They redefined it. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a special group. I, I'm proud to, to have the opportunity to coach these guys. Uh, they fought tooth and nail to the very last second. We lost to a great football team today. And, um, you know, it's just it's unfortunate the season came to an end, but it's been a special run. It's been a great run, and I appreciate all these guys that have been a part of it. Can you tell us what you were told about the clock <laughs> snafu or whatever whatever the heck you want to call it? They obviously weren't on the same page down there on the field. 
But you guys suffer. You know, I mean, they take a play away that's never going to appear anywhere in NFL history and, you know, replay it down. Well, what did they tell you? Something about we wanted one of the seven seconds back, so they're replaying the down so we don't lose the seven seconds. It was a little bit confusing. Um, but it's we had to play the down again, and that's just the way it goes. But, again, you guys, all right, well, one, two, three, we'll do it again, make them punt it again. I mean, you overcame that as well. I mean, that, that was a an unsettling situation that you got – Everybody handles all that stuff so well. I mean, it, how do you get your team to be so poised and methodical about everything? When a hurdle's thrown your way, they don't blink, you know, and they just they knock it down and they move on to the next one. And um, just unfortunately, we weren't able to finish it off the right way today. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they, they had 42 yards on 20 carries. And they said, okay, Patrick, you got to do it. And, and the guy with the, with the messed up ankle and everything else goes out there and throws for over 300 yards and – you know, plays the way he plays. I mean, his legend grows, doesn't it? He's a great player. You know, we got a lot of respect for him and the rest of our team. And, um, again, they just made one more play than we did today, and, and they get to go to the Super Bowl, and uh, we got to wrap it up. So Coach, I just want to say that uh, this football team was so much fun to watch. I mean, gave this uh, city a lot of thrills. Uh, the pride, I think, that the city and the community and the, uh, the region feels for this football team is obvious to everybody and you're obviously the biggest part of that so there's a lot to be thankful for and a lot to be proud about and these guys laid it all on the line for you we take great pride in representing uh the cincinnati fan base and um love being there love representing our fans love interacting with our fans sorry we couldn't get it done um but we're going to fight to get that done in the future now, time for some post-game analysis in the Radio Guys recap. After such a strange finality after that, you've got so much anticipation about the possibility of a return trip to the Super Bowl, and wham, it's over. What did you think was the bottom line in this game? I thought it was protection pressure issues with the overriding thing. I mean, they're good. They get 55 sacks during the course of the season, led the AFC, and... Um, you know, they only gave a 26. They were plus 29, best in the NFL. Um, and it continued, you know, they got more sacks and pressure than uh, than the Bengals could muster and, and affected Joe Burrow a little bit more than they were able to affect Patrick Mahomes. And I think, you know, two great players. Um, got to tip your cap to Patrick Mahomes, though, doing what he did is is almost ridiculous without any running game to support him. You know, 20 carries, 42 yards. And, um, and then he goes off for over 302 touchdowns, no turnovers, running around, doing things that he did. And then to close the game out, his most incredible run of the day was down the stretch. And then I feel badly for Joseph Asai because he played a good game. And uh, that one's going to be a tough one to get over. That'll be hard to sleep tonight because he's so smart. He's such a great, you know, very intelligent player, very aware player, but lost the awareness where he was in the field. And uh, But, the, you know, the thing is that people have to remember that obviously that was a big mistake, and you win these kind of games by making plays and avoiding big mistakes, and Mahomes made a play, and he made a big mistake. So that was the that was the storyline of that uh, conclusion of the football game. But there are so many other plays that during the course of the game you can point to a million things. If any one of them went a different way, wouldn't have been in that situation that he was in. So that's that's the game of football. That's life in the game of football. And like you said, man, when it ends, it's like it's like somebody ripped your heart out.
There were uncharacteristic mistakes, too, that this team didn't make during the 10-game winning streak, certainly, and not much during the season. They give up a long punt return that sets up that final drive. That's something Cincinnati almost never does. One of the least penalized teams in the NFL, as you mentioned, Joseph Osai makes a mistake in the final minute of the game. Those are the types of things they simply did not do and then when they couldn't do it, unfortunately, made those mistakes. Right, and it just it, it shows you that, you know, I mean, the quality of the opponent, I think, has something to do with that. You, you end up maybe trying to do a little bit more. You get outside of yourself a little bit, you know, maybe maybe trying to, to do too much and, uh, and things kind of unravel on you a little bit. But um, the, thing, the thing that kept showing up all year long and in this football game, was the mental, mental and physical toughness. You know, it's like, all right, well, we didn't get off to a good start. We've been getting off to a good start here lately. We didn't today. Let's not panic. You know, let's not you know, throw let's not throw game plans out of the coach's box and have them litter in the field. You know, let's stay with what we're, what we're thinking, but make adjustments. And they always make good adjustments and get themselves back on track. And um, this football team is so mentally and physically tough. And they, they believe in their coaches. The coaches believe in them, and they will themselves into, you know, staying in football games. They really do. It's, it's a very, very special group that way. That's, that's really unique. They just – nobody gives up on each other. Nobody. And um, it was a very special thing to watch build and grow and become, you know, kind of like take on a life of itself in that regard, you know. That was, that was the best part of the year, in my opinion, right there. What ifs are meaningless in sports, but you can't help but wonder if they had the five offensive linemen they had for 15 games, if the postseason would have gone differently. I mean, it couldn't have gone any better against Buffalo, right. but certainly uh, in the game against Kansas City. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you do you, you can you can drive yourself crazy uh, with what if on a bunch of plays, what if on personnel, what if on on all kinds of things. Um, but you know, even with all that said. It was, it was a coin flip football game. You know, that's what everybody thought going in. The odds makers thought it was going to be a dogfight, and it was. I mean, it was. It lived up to its billing. It was exactly what everybody thought it would be. So, um, here for a, a little, a little <laughs> issue here, a little mistake there. It could be a, a totally different uh, scenario and be starting to prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the thing that I felt really badly about, you know, in the post game. I said, you know, I, I have to ask you this. And I know it's still raw, but now tomorrow you have to all, all your exit interviews and all that. And they're like, oh, we, we were planning on game planning for Philadelphia. And, you know, we'll think about that tonight. Well, it's already <laughs> early in the morning. So I, I guess they have those exit interviews tomorrow with the players. And um, that's always a, a tough dynamic, particularly after – you know, get your heart ripped out like this game. But I was fully just – st- my mind was going to overtime. You know, gosh, I hope they win the coin toss. They win the coin toss. You know, that, I was thinking about all that stuff, and I'll be a son of a gun if, oh, no, Joseph. <laughs> oh, no, too bad. I guess one positive out of this season as a whole is that the at, at, after the Super Bowl last year, there was still the impression, for some people at least, that there was – a bit of a flukish aspect to last year's Super Bowl run. They kind of came out of nowhere, you know, won these games on last-second field goals. Nobody feels that way about the Bengals anymore. They have clearly established that with Joe Burr at quarterback, Zach Taylor at head coach, 
and the players that uh, they have on that roster, this is, without question, one of the best teams in the NFL. I, I agree with that, Dan. I mean, I think, you know, last year you can say, you know, shoot, they were 7-6, and six, you know, around Thanksgiving and had just gotten handled a couple of times to go to 7-6. and six. You know, they were 7-4 and four and thought, oh, maybe, and now they're 7-6 and six and not doing real well at 7-6. and six. And then they, you know, turned it on again. That just tells you that this football team took the lessons learned from the prior year and applied them and expanded itself. It's a much better football team than last year's football team. So guys are a year older. Guys have banked all those experiences. You know, they're so young and and still they're growing and quickly. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, tweak here, tweak here, there personnel-wise. It's never the same. This football team is not the same as last year's football team personnel-wise, and next year's football team won't be either. But the core, the core is the same, and the core is pretty damn good. And I think the whole NFL knows now that this team belonged in the Final Four. This team was within a whisker of going to the Super Bowl, being one of the Final Two. And I do think that I don't think anybody's, eh, that was a one-shot, you know, one-hit wonder. Not anymore. I think they realize this is the real deal. They're legit. I was looking forward to doing another Super Bowl. Now I can't wait for training camp. <laughs> really? I mean, it's, uh, I, I felt so bad walking around the locker room looking at the faces. I mean, I can identify with it. I, I just, I never, ever felt as bad professionally as I did after that Super Bowl that I played in that we lost. I mean, oh my gosh, man. The pit in your stomach. I mean, you know, losing family members, friends, close friends, all that is, it's a different kind of, you know, low feeling. Um, But man, professionally, nothing's even close to losing that Super Bowl. Not even close. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Finally, it's time for this week's Fun Facts interview, where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with Bengals offensive lineman Trey Hill. Trey, in this case, is short for DeAndre. Does anybody in your life call you DeAndre? Maybe teachers when I was in high school, but any, anybody else, nah, it's just been Trey. So, Trey, it sounds like you're from a big family. How many brothers and sisters do you have, and, and where do you fall on the totem pole? Um, three brothers, two sisters, and I'm the last one. I'm the last boy. Now, based on what I've read, your older brothers were instrumental in helping you ultimately get to the NFL. How did they motivate and push you? Um, just by the things they did, the help that they gave me, just coming out of high school and entering into college, um, and just seeing both of their life stories each and every day, uh, just pushed me and motivated me to finish the deal to get to the NFL. You're 6'4", 335, but there's footage of you on the internet as a peewee football player mm-hmm. where you were a running back. It's hysterical. You look like a grown man with 10-year-old kids. Did the parents from the other teams complain? Every week, uh, it was a complaint. Uh, You need to check his birth certificate, all that. So I got all that. You're from Warner Robins, Georgia, south of Macon. There's a big Air Force base there. Describe your hometown and some of the things you like to do when you were growing up. Uh, Actually, I'm not from there. I just went to school there. Uh, 
from uh, 10th to 12th grade, but I'm from Macon County, small town, uh, probably a max of five to 10,000 people. So I stay in the country, uh, dirt roads, things of that nature. So uh, it's pretty nice out there. There's really not a lot to do, but that's how I grew up. Are you an outdoorsman? Do you like hunting and fishing and things like that? I love fishing. Uh, fish for bass, bram, crappie, all of that. Uh, I have never been deep sea fishing, though. That's one thing. I'm looking to X off my list this off season. You're a high school All-American and one of the top offensive line recruits in the country. Did you enjoy the attention from college football coaches, or was it stressful? Uh, it wasn't stressful. I just knew at the end of the day it was all business. And, you know, as you, once you recruit, things of that nature, they're going to love on you and do anything to get you. And once you're there, it's basically like, I mean, you're part of the team now, so they don't really have to do all the hugging, the kissing <laughs> up to you, none of that. At that point, it's just you trying to play ball and to get to where I'm at today. So uh, during the recruiting process, I mean, I took it in. I took the love, all of that in. But at the end of the day, I knew it was all business. I like to save stuff. Have your parents saved all the mail that you received? Are there big boxes of stuff from every college football program in the country? Yeah, I got all the boxes. All Everything is at my mom's house. The boxes, the uh, jerseys, the everything. So We're visiting with Trey Hill. So when it came time to pick your school, you did it in a video. You can still see this on YouTube. There's dramatic music playing. You're lifting weights. You're dripping sweat. Mm-hmm. You're breathing heavily. And then at the end, you simply say, go dogs. Give me the backstory. Who came up with the concept and how did you make the video? Um, it comes to, I would say, from my trainer, uh, the guy I still train with, Brent Allen. Um, it's basically a replica of working hard every day and just, you know, the grind that we do every day. You know, not no nothing, no crazy video or nothing like that. Just the things that we do every day to accomplish that goal. So that's what the video is about. If you search Trey Hill on Google, there are a million things that come back about choosing Georgia. Right. That must have been a huge deal where you're from. Yeah, um, it was a huge deal because of my hometown, home state. Uh, obviously, I want to stay home. I want to stay close to my parents. So um, traveling is not a problem for me, but at that time, I just felt the need to stay home. You enrolled early at Georgia. January of what would have been your senior year of high school. So you miss out on some high school activities when you do that. Was that difficult? Oh, not at all. Uh, I was a laid-back person. I didn't go to prom, so it was the perfect opportunity for me to get in college, really. Uh, But my whole plan was coming out of high school, do three, get out in three. So I did that, and I'm thankful for that. You did that and earned your degree in three years. How hard did you work academically to pull that off? I worked very hard. Um... The great thing about it, the college class courses that I took my last semester of high school, which was my first semester of my 12th grade year, they counted when I got to college. So uh, that was a blessing for me. And I just wrote it on out, basically telling them, like, I don't want no, if, if it ain't got nothing to do with my major, I didn't want to be in it. So that's how I got through that. It's quite an accomplishment. We're visiting with Trey Hill on April 27th, 2017. You tweeted something that's still pinned at the top of your Twitter account. Here's the quote. Four more years from today, I'm changing my family's lives, and that's on me. 
You only missed by two days. April 29th, 2021, you were drafted by the Bengals in the sixth round. Describe your draft experience and making that dream come true. Oh, blessing, man. Um, Just to hear your name called in the NFL draft, you know, uh, that's a dream come true. Something I've been wanting as a little kid, and I got it. But obviously the work's still not done, and I'm still striving for more each and every day. So... How did you watch the draft, and where were you when you got the call? I was at home with my uh, parents, my people. Everybody came out. Um, yeah, I was with them, having a good time. And we was basically just waiting for the call, and we got it. And everything, I mean, everything been a blessing ever since. So last year as a rookie, you started three games. You played in all four postseason games, including the Super Bowl. That's a pretty impressive rookie year. Right. Describe who was at the Super Bowl and what it was like for you to come charging out of that tunnel at SoFi Stadium. Oh, it was surreal. Uh, Mom and Dad was there. It was just surreal because uh, this is the high le- highest level, and it don't get no bigger than this. So just coming out the tunnel and experience that, feeling the atmosphere and all the fans being there, that was a blessing to be out there and looking forward to get back there this year. So your alma mater has won the last two college football national championships. Those are still your guys. A lot of your former teammates helped the Bulldogs win those two titles. Have you made it back to a game? And what's it been like for you the last few years to be a fan and a former Bulldog? Uh, it's, been, it's been nice to just sit back and look at them play because I never got to see that side of it when I was there. So to just, you know, sit back, look at what those guys doing. And, you know, some of those guys called me from time to time and, you know, asked me questions like what can they implement in a game or how can they get better at this and that. And obviously I tell them because those are my guys and hopefully they'll get to this level. All right, a few wild card topics now for Bengals offensive lineman Trey Hill. Who is your all-time favorite athlete in any sport and why? I don't really think I have an all-time best athlete. I was more of a guy of just looking at everybody and getting knick-knack things from this person and that person and, you know, just trying to implement it to my game football-wise. But when I look at, like, other sports, I mean, yeah, I'm a fan of the sport, but I don't think I just got a favorite player. What's the toughest part about being your size in normal life? I would say flights, um, if I sit in the regular seats, because that can be a little uncomfortable. But if I sit in first class, obviously, that's a good flight for me. But, yeah, that's uncomfortable to sit in the regular flight seat, for sure. Do you have any hidden talents? Hidden talents? Uh, I don't know if they're hidden, but I played uh, basketball, baseball, and uh, I did track, shot put, disc. But I don't think that's hidden talent. There's a basketball hoop in the Bengals' facility. Mm-hmm. Do you hoop it up with teammates? Yeah, all the time. Uh, last year I used to um, shoot around a lot with um, Deontay Smith and uh, Isaiah and Quinn Spain. That was our uh, weekly routine, so <laughs> we did that every week before the game. What do you like to spend your money on? I've been getting into properties lately, hmm. so that's been a good thing for me, stocks. Um, but other than you know spending money to make money, <clears throat> I'd probably say shoes. Well, if you're purchasing properties, it sounds like you have an eye on your post-football career. Right. Oh, definitely. Like, um, I got to gotta have longevity in this career. And, you know, I'm not the type that's trying to get down with football and have to drop, jump straight into a job. If anything, I want to, you know, 
jump straight into being my own boss, doing my own stuff. So that's what I'm looking forward to in this, you know, in the future with my money. Putting that Georgia education to use. I like it. Final fun fact. This one's kind of deep. If you could meet anybody in history, athlete, entertainer, statesman, whoever it might be, who would that be? Oh, I'll probably say Albert Einstein. Uh, just to pick his brain, get his knowledge about everything he thought about, because that was one person that really thunk outside of the box. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to get his knowledge, pick his brain, that'll be a good thing to do. I like that. Trey Hill hanging out with Albert Einstein. That's an excellent answer. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Best of luck. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. By Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. By Kettering Health, the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. And by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.